welcome to another episode of Don't Give Up Skeleton. I'm your host, Jeremy Greer. This week's guest is Tim. I met Tim uh, way back in 2016 at the DuckFeed.tv meetup in Austin, Texas. Um, Tim is a really great guy. I've got to know him a lot from the DuckFeed Slack and from Twitter ever since then and a little bit before then as well. Tim shares his experiences with the Souls games, including what it was like when he lost his father a little bit unexpectedly and kind of turned to Dark Souls as a form of comfort. It's a really good episode, and I think you guys will like it. Remember, if you'd like to come on the come on the show, you can send an email to dguspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks. Enjoy the episode. Tell me about your first Souls game or your first yeah. Souls experience. Um, my first Souls experience. Well, I, I remember. Let's see. Come on. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> she. Uh, not not she. Not the cat. Um, I remember seeing trailers for uh, Demon Souls way back when it was first kind of being announced when it was first a thing. And I remember, I remember, like, I was at work and I was watching. You know, I was goofing around and was watching a trailer on YouTube. And I remember thinking, like, I saw the anim, like the cinematic for the whole scene with the knight fighting the skeleton, you know, the the dragglings and the skeleton. And now I know, you know, the dragon god coming up. And I was thinking, like, wow, this looks so freaking cool. Wow, this this looks really awesome because I was a I was a sucker for you know huge long FMV cutscenes because I'm a you know grew up playing PlayStation era Final Fantasy games. And I was thinking, wow, this is great. And then I watched some of the gameplay and I was like, oh, okay. This looks kind of slow and boring. I don't, I don't think the trailer did any favors. But I was like, it's this weird kind of just this stiff-looking guy walking straight and kind of just, you know, like this doesn't look exciting. There's no, there's no flashiness. There's no spinning around, tons of moves and combos. Like, well, and then I heard, of course, like you know, one of the most difficult games of all time. And I was like, oh, um, I think I'll pass. It didn't, it didn't seem like the thing that I was into. And I heard about it a little bit more, and it was kind of something that you hear about just because I was, you know, read tons of video game websites and stuff. Uh, and then Dark Souls being a thing, and I heard about that, and it was kind of, once again, it was just when this, most of the time when I heard about it, it was like the hardest game ever made. But it's so much fun that it's the hardest game ever made. I'm like, and I, I was, <laughs> that, that typical Souls exactly. line, right? <laughs> I was, I've always traditionally been what I called an easy mode gamer. Like, I would, I played you know, story-driven adventure RPG-type sort of games. I played games like you know that had that's an atmosphere kind of just you know were cool looking you know movie-ish kind of games because I was just like I just want to have fun and I don't I'm just I don't have too much time to play games in these days so I just play something that's kind of short and just kind of linear kind of thing. But it was around uh, uh, so you know play, you know Dark Souls was a thing. It was out in the wild and I remember seeing you know hearing about it and maybe watching a few videos and, you know, watching videos of the bosses and seeing a boss fight with, you know, Qu- Quaylog or something and thinking, this looks ridiculously, not, not only does it not really look that much much fun to me, but it kind of looks like you know, way too hard. I'm like, this, I don't know why this is a thing people do, but I, I was just kind of curious about it. And then finally it was around uh, when Dark Souls 2 was coming out, actually, uh, back in 2014. Uh, and it was, you know, on Twitter a bunch, following a bunch of people on Twitter and, uh, I think it was. I told my wife, "This is who you can blame for this." I think it was, you know, Chris Cluey, the, the the kicker guy, who became like a. He kind of became a kind of a. It was back when the GamerGate stuff started happening, 
Okay. Stuff was going on. I was everybody's talking about it, and he was a cool guy that was kind of on the on the right side of things, uh, mm-hmm. kind of being you know pro, kind of just you know a lot of times he just had cool opinions about things. And I, I remember he was posting a lot about Dark Souls too, and I was thinking you know that's that game that I've heard about and kind of was curious about, it, and I've heard it's super hard, but it's supposed to be good. And I was like, you know what? Maybe maybe it is time to kind of challenge myself to something. Like actually, like let's 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 play this because it's supposed to be hard and and Mm -hmm. actually give myself a chance to see if I could do it or not. Kind of as a confidence boost kind of sort of anything. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I decided I I had just built a PC and had a bunch of gift cards, Steam gift cards because it was around the time of my birthday. I said, screw it. I'll buy Dark Souls Prepare to Die on on Steam. Okay, so that was Dark Souls 1. Dark Souls 1. Dark Souls 1 Prepare to Die on Steam. And And, and help me out for a second. Did you say that you just watched... um, like uh, the trailer for Demon Souls, but and then I'd decided watch, I'd watch not the to play it. For Demon Souls, like a long, like wait, when it first came out, and decided it's not for yeah. me. I was like, it, it just sounded okay. Like, okay, cool. That's I just could, I couldn't remember if you actually got the game and then had no, played no, a little I bit of it, not, or yeah. if you just I watched the video. Okay, cool. I just remember thinking it's like I said, it didn't look that exciting, or and plus it was supposed to be so hard. I was like, eh. uh, but you know, Dark Souls One was supposed to be the best, you know, the best game, so I decided, you know, sure, I'll give it a shot, uh, and installed it, and it. it Weirdly, I don't know why it felt like a kind of a big deal when I was like, I was like, this is gonna be, this is gonna be a new thing. This is exciting. This is, this is supposed to be such a good game, and it's, it's supposed to be so hard. But I'm gonna challenge myself. And you always hear the story about people like needing to bounce off of it first before to it. But mm-hmm. I kind of, it was just like, as soon as I was moving my character through like the first hallway after you design a character. It was like, this is, this is amazing. This is, this is insane. I don't, I don't know why it was just like, it like this looks really cool. And, and when I first, I, I kind of spoiled myself a little bit for the first few things, like the kind of, I was like, it was so, so hard and I prepare myself for it to know kind of what to do. So I kind of knew to run away from the asylum demon at first. Uh, but when you first actually fight the asylum demon, you know, it was, it, it killed me a bunch of times. Uh, Cause it's just, it's, so different than anything I've ever played before. Uh, I was kind of used to you know, the kind of God of War type sort of just mash buttons and, and you can get hit a bunch and you'll be fine, whatever, because you'll just pick up some green orbs and everything will be fine. But I, I uh, it took me a while and I think I, I finally beat him after, you know, five tries or so. And it was like, wow, this is, this is, that was so much fun. It was like, you know, my blood, my, I was sweating, my heart was beating really quickly and I was like <laughs> I, I, I didn't look back it was like immediately like it sunk in so deep and I think that was around my birthday uh, and Dark Souls 2 had come out and uh, but I was like I, I wanted to play it on my PC because I had a PS3 but I was like I, I had this brand new PC that I'm going to play games on so then the PC release came out like a month later in the console mm-hmm. release I think so I'm like okay well I want to play that game too but I have to beat Dark Souls 1 before I can play it. I, ha- I have to beat all the way through it. So I, I kind of just, like, ignored real life for a while. <laughs> I kind of just, <laughs> you know, go to work, uh, you know, read about the game all day at work, look up, you know, look up videos about it all day at work, watch Let's Plays of it all day at work, and then come home and be like, I gotta play, I gotta play. And so, you know, made, made my way through the game. Uh, so it hits you that hard, like right at the like I, you were, you were, you were I kinda, obsessed. I have like, a, like that obsessive personality. Like if there's something that I'm really into, I, I get really into it. But kind of this, mm-hmm. it was kind of just insane. And, and, and I, you know, that was around the time that I probably, uh, you know, Googled, because it was just kind of, you know, as most people do, like I Googled you know, Dark Souls podcast. And of course found Bonfire Side Chat and, and listened to the entire, you know, season of the podcast before I got to Dark Souls 2, so it was, it was just kind of, 
I just absorbed everything that, that was possible to absorb from Dark Souls. <clears throat> and uh, it was great. And I was like, like I said, it just it sunk into me so deep. And beat the game. Uh, well, actually, never beat, I didn't beat the game at first. I got all the way up to Gwyn. And I knew, just because, I, like I said, I spoiled myself pretty bad for this that game. I knew he was the last boss. And I was like, I don't, I do, kind of don't want, don't want it to end yet. So I was like, I know he's the last boss, and I kind of had to save in front of Gwyn's fog door for like, like a couple of months actually. I had my my character up there, and I was like, I, I kind of don't want it to end. So I I stopped there, and that's when I I jumped into Dark Souls two, and just kind of kept on going. Like basically at that point, other games just didn't exist. I just didn't have time to play any other games. <laughs> I call that the Soulsitis. Exactly, the Soulsitis. You caught that Soulsitis. I caught it really bad, man. It was it was it was insane. And of course, like I said, I, I, when I get obsessed about things, I, I get really really obsessed about them. So it was like you know half the half the shirts in my closet were suddenly you know Carson Druitt shirts. The guy Carson Druitt he does the Dark Soul shirts. You know, really his, oh yeah, his, yeah, his, yeah his, and the Carson Druitt real well. His shirts. And you know, got posters and stuff to put up in places, and of course, you know, <laughs> man, you got bit, you got bit hard. It was hard. It was like, man, it was. It felt like a. It was kind of joking. Is you know, kind of there was kind of life before Dark Souls, Soulsborne, and there was life after. Where I was just like, man, I just gotta. It was kind of just all the time. It was just kind of, and I, I'm just like I said, I'm just an obsess- weirdly obsessive personality, kind of sort of with that thing. So you know, I played through Dark Souls too. Uh, Dark Souls one was my first one, so of course that's still kind of considered my favorite. I you know I really played you know four hundred hours or so of Dark Souls two probably vanilla version, but it, it I didn't quite like it as much as Dark Souls one. It, I think it it's not so much for like the usual things of like you know oh the elevator gate and that kind of thing. It just kind of didn't really feel as good in my hands when I mm-hmm. kind of rolled around or attack or, or dodge enemies. I just didn't quite feel like I had as much control of the character. So I never quite clicked as much, even though, like I said, I spent you know, 400 hours. Well, let's, let's, back, up for, let's sure. back up for a sec before we, we yep. run all the way through Dark Souls 2. Um, like, what when you started playing Dark Souls 1, like, obviously it hit you pretty hard and you were looking up everything and, and like, looking up videos at work and everything. Yeah. I can totally identify. <laughs> My poor work life suffered when I yes, played Dark Souls. What was it that you think hooked you from the beginning? Was it more just of the way that it played? I don't know. Like, was it just um, dramatically different? Or was it some of the story building and the, and the lore? A lot of it was... I think it was just how much fun it was to play. I think it was a big part of it. It, it, it felt... I kind of felt that initial clunkiness that a lot of people would, would kind of bounce off of, where it just they were used to much faster-paced games. But I, I, I really enjoyed that sense of kind of the slow-paced feel of it where you, you kind of mm-hmm. kind of one enemy at a time a little bit of progression kind of go forward a little bit and then oh bonfire rest level up i just i just really enjoyed the pace of it the pacing of it was so good uh just for my place you have a did you have a difficulty with the controls with the way because um, it's, you know dark souls is known for having like a unique control yeah. style compared to just about everything else yeah it was it was definitely getting used to that it felt strange with the, using the trigger buttons instead of you know mashing x or square to attack. It felt that felt different. Uh, I remember, you know, with undead. You know, like I said, I, I got into it really quickly, but I, I stuck at like an undead parish for you know hours and hours, just kind of bouncing off of the the regular hollows because it just took me so long to kind of get used to the controls. Uh, so I remember, you know, it's kind of funny looking back now how much hard, how hard of a time I had 
just that with the beginning areas of the game. It just, you know, it, it was, but for whatever reason, it was addictive. It was, just, it was just so much fun to just jump in. So I think mostly what addicted me, got me into it for originally was the was just the combat and the controls just felt really good to me. And I, Do you remember a um, like a, a particular point of difficulty in Dark Souls One? Like, did you run up into something that like kind of just frustrated you for days on? Probably end? the Black Knight originally, the Black Knight and the Parrot oh, really? and the Underberg. Yeah, I I, I kind of was stubborn and decided I wanted to try and take him out, uh, and that <laughs> that's not a good thing to do. <laughs> I was like, the, the 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 number of people on the show that have told me that and like like because so, I'm definitely <laughs> in, the, in the like it's like fought it once it killed me and I ignored it yeah. class. But there's a whole other genre who's like. Fuck it, I'm killing him no matter what. I don't yeah. care. <laughs> like I, I spoiled myself on some things, but some things I was like, I don't want to know for sure. But I heard, oh, he drops a really good weapon if you can if you can kill him. And I was like, oh, whoa, I want to get a good weapon. Okay. And when there's a ring there too, oh, rings are important. Okay. So I, I really wanted to try and kill him, and I, I didn't. I ended up giving up. But I, I would kind of make my way through to that point in the undead burg, and you know, get my run out of Estus just from the regular hollows because I was just, I just really sucked at the game at that point and then would soundly get destroyed but it was just trying trying over and over again was just kind of fun and kind of relaxing the, the game was weirdly relaxing in a way for me uh, mm-hmm. strangely enough even though it's you know supposed to breed frustration in people but just kind of the the feeling that there wasn't really a time limit to do anything that you kind of could just kind of make this slow progression and level up a little bit and, and try again it just felt like there was it was just a, a good thing to just sink time into kind of sort of so gotcha. that was kind of my, you know, where I kind of ran into difficulty first. And, and you know, Taurus Demon, Taurus Demon was actually, I think I one-shot it the first time. So I was surprised by that. That was felt like this huge victory when I, I remember when I took out Taurus Demon with my first first run at him. And, and I was, you know, literally jumping for joy in the room. And my, <laughs> my wife was like, what are you doing? What's going on? And I'm like, it's, this is amazing. I beat this boss first try. This is, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I just did a good thing at a exactly. Game. And then, of course, it's that I get excited, and then I get that immediately, like kind of embarrassed shame for getting so excited about something. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you know, I need to sit down and kind of put my head down a little bit. But you know, it, it just. Do you remember the kind of like videos and stuff that you were looking up at that time? Like, were you uh, was it were they focused on lore or like were they focused on like 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 what 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 were you looking up? Like, I was looking up videos? lots of let's plays. I was looking up at it because I was just kind of here. It was kind of one of those things where if, I'm, if I can't play it right now, I might as well watch somebody else play it and live vicariously through them. So that was kind of, I was looking into that, that stuff. And I, I think at that point, I probably ran into uh, ENB and some of the Vadi stuff. And I was kind of watching some of it and taking care to not spoil too much of it for me, but kind of was just kind of like, oh, I have so much stuff to watch. I got all this. Once I finished the game, I'll have, <laughs> and it just felt sort of like, oh, it's so exciting. I got all this stuff to read about and watch and and, and it was just, I think, like I said, I think I think I remember it was mostly ENB and, uh, and Vadi probably at that point at that, at that time. But it was just it was just constant, you know, stream of Dark Souls going into my veins, day and night, and uh, it didn't end for like a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get into any of the uh, multiplayer, whether it was um, like summoning people or like PvP or anything? I like did that? a little bit of summoning. It was, I guess. It, even at that point, it was still a little bit more popular. But even at, even then, it was still kind of a little hard to get summons in Dark Souls One. It was just I guess I didn't have the con- DS connection fix mod installed. Yeah. But uh, uh, I remember that uh, 
invasions terrified the crap out of me. The idea of invasions was was completely terrifying. So I didn't, I wasn't human very much, and when I was, it was just like this sense of dread. And now I've I've come to enjoy it more as I kind of realize that it's not that big of a deal. It's it's fun to, to face, but at the time it was like. You know, oh, I only have so many humanity, uh, and I'm gonna, if I go, I'm gonna get be, become, you know, gonna get invaded right away, and this jerk's gonna, you know, hack me or or just make a fool out of me, and it, it just seemed really scary to me, which I think was kind of kind of was fun a little bit, mm-hmm. the fact that it felt like such a big deal to get invaded. Uh, but I didn't I didn't really do much of that until probably bore into Dark Souls Two is probably when I started to try a little bit more of the PV, uh, PvP stuff. So Dark Souls 1 was mostly just solo playthrough with a little bit of summoning, but not very much. Hmm. It was just, so going it was just into scary. Dark Souls 2, like, what what was your kind of overall hype level? Like, were you watching trailers and ahead of time? Were I, you, like- I didn't really watch that much trailers for it. I, I think I, you know, most of the game had already kind of mostly come out at that point mm-hmm. uh, when I knew about it. I, I'd watched like a lot of stuff about Dark Souls 1. Oh, that's right. The timing was yeah. that Dark Souls 2 had already... Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's okay. okay. Uh, so I didn't know that much about Dark Souls 2. I just knew that it was... A lot of people really liked it, and with people talking about it excitedly. So I was like, I'll just jump right in. Uh, so I kind of... I mostly went into that blind, actually, Dark Souls 2, which was, which was you know, great. Um, and, you know, I, I have possibly... I probably spent the second most amount of time in any of the games of Dark Souls 2, just because I, you know, it was, it was fun to play along with the podcast with Bonfire Side Chat and it was, you know, it was such a huge deal and so many people were talking about it. It was it was it was, you know, information was being discovered about it all the time and, the, and it was like, oh a new patch came out. I gotta I gotta make a new character now and play the game all over again because there's a new patch to see what's different. Uh, <laughs> so I, I remember It's really amazing how community can inspire you to yeah. like play these games more exactly. or differently or what have you. Uh, so of course the first my first playthrough was of Dark Souls two was with the super overpowered faith build where you had, like, 50 lightning spears and basically just, you know, <laughs> own everything. Uh, oh, yeah. It was it was fun at the time when it, while it lasted. You know, it was, it was, it was, I was like, this game's not hard. This game's easy. Because it, it just, everything just fell, you know, super fast. So, so that was my first full playthrough of the game. And then it was more after they, they, they you know, nerfed all that when I actually had to try and, you know, get good, quote-unquote, uh, that I kind of was like, this game just... It didn't feel quite as fun to me, kind of just the, the, the overall movement. So I kind of, at that point, kind of more went back to just replaying Dark Souls 1 over and over and over again. Uh, <laughs> How many builds do you think oh, you do in Dark Souls 1? Well, I've been through, you know, most of the normal builds. Uh, you know, the, did the sorcery stuff, did the pyro stuff. I did a, ended up doing a SL1 build run, which was, which was super fun. And I did a just a little bit of little bit of dick racing with the SL1. I have to, you know, that's the whole point of doing it, right? Kind of sort of. That's pretty much the whole, the whole point, point of doing it. it. So I did a little bit. Of, I felt guilty. I felt terrible for it, but it was <laughs> getting you know just invading guys. Well, and most of the time, like you know, there were, ended up being other other people who were there for that purpose. But every once in a while, I could tell I got somebody who was a noob, somebody you know who's genuinely low level there, and I and I would. You know, mess around with them. I, I'd usually try and like leave them a few things, like I'd give you a few high level, high, high soul items or or some kind of cool weapon yeah. or something, and then kill them. You know, just kind of. <laughs> and then I'd be like, I feel, I feel bad. I feel dirty now. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go co-op with somebody now. Because I, I don't know, just like in a horror movie when the, based on Santa Claus. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I mean, that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, 
and it was and this is kind of I don't want to get things too bummed out and t- t- like really do a 180 in the entire podcast, but uh, that was in 2014 in September of that year. Uh, my dad passed away suddenly, mm-hmm. just from you know, just was just one day he just passed away suddenly, and you know kind of. At that point, you know, it's, it, the games were just fun, but I think at the time, also, that the games kind of just became a place for me to just kind of lose myself into, kind of, in, like, I don't really feel like dealing with real life right now, so I'm just going to go ahead and just play the games. So, it kind of it kind of became, probably, at the time, it was something I felt like I needed just to be able to escape, but it kind of, you know, became probably a little obsessive to the point where I'd mm-hmm. come home from work and literally just, you know... Started. It was kind of a comfort thing. It was like a it was like a meditative thing where I you know start a start a new character in Dark Souls One, and just play for as long as I could. You know, kind of get get up through probably usually in, in a night I could get up through to, you know, Ormson Smo or something. And kind of it was just kind of this repeated thing that I do kind of over and over. You know, kind of most the most days I'd kind of just be playing that almost just because there was nothing else to really do, and I was kind of just in a in a you know a state of just like I don't really want to deal with things. I just want to play the game. Did you ever like used a game like that before, like with anything else, like traumatic that would have happened? Nothing really. It was kind of one of the first big traumatic things that happened in my life. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of just a. It was the first time I'd really done it, and it was kind of it, the game kind of became, you know, healthy or not. It kind of became a way to, you know, escape. And you know, I, I don't want to say it there, you know, therapy, but it, you know, it kind of opened up a lot of the themes more for the game for me. Kind of the the weird. The some of the themes, and that's kind of more when I started paying attention to, to a lot of the, the, the story and the atmosphere. More it was kind of around that time. Uh, I've heard people tell me that um, just the sheer reliability of Dark yeah. Souls, like the fact that the enemies are coming from the same way every time, exactly, yeah. the fact that you can kind of pre- it's, the, the fact that everything is so predictable within a, mm-hmm. you know, certain variables can be extraordinarily comforting during like a time of stress yeah. or a time of grief or something. Like it's some, there's something about just like mm-hmm. picking up the controller and. I know exactly what my next four hours exactly, is. and I you know I kind of settled into the same builds that I wanted to play, and it was just it was just kind of like you said it was just a, a comfort, and it's kind of it was the time you know it's kind of funny looking back because it's, it's such a dark and scary world full of terrible monsters and and demons, but it was like it, that's what it felt like. It was this world of that I knew so well at that point that it was just I just want to go back there and kind of and the themes of kind of you know this feeling of solitude and the kind of the, the kind of ruined uh you know kind of nobleness of the of the world which is that it was just a place that i don't know for whatever reason it was just somewhere I, I kind of wanted to stay for a lot until i kind of was able to kind of come out of it a little bit but it was it was definitely something that i used for you know comfort and therapy for a little while uh during that time did that um did that cause you to kind of change the way you feel about Dark Souls? Like, were you able to go back to it after you kind of came out of um, it and had, had to been using it like that? Because and in November of last year, about a year mm-hmm. ago, my, my grandfather was very sick and passed mm-hmm. away. And I spent about a week up at his place in Mississippi, and there wasn't really much to do. Mm-hmm. except Like, I had an iPad. Like, he didn't have Wi-Fi. Yeah. I barely had cell phone service. Um, but I had I downloaded two games. One was Her Story, and one was um, The Room 3. Oh, yeah. And, like, I was playing, like, kind of those at night, and then after like the funeral and everything else, like I've, I've tried, to, I didn't finish either one of them, mm-hmm. but like I tried to pick up both of them. And the room is like one of my favorite games yeah. of all time. Like that's so good. Uh, but I, I, there was something about it. Like there was a wall between me mm-hmm. and those games now. Like I couldn't, like every time I tried to play them, I was like, yeah, your memories were kind of attached to 
that now a little bit. I, I, I guess so. Like maybe they just had like a weird connotation to them at that point. Like, did you get that way with Dark Souls? Um, kind of more slightly and more more lately. And I, I, I kind of mm-hmm. was you know pretty down for a few years. Um, thing you know, I kind of started seeing a therapist to kind of deal with a lot of the issues that came from the loss of my father. Uh, and I, it's kind of been more these last this last year, the last few months, where things have kind of I started feeling more like my old self before. And was, I've always kind of been a more kind of chipper guy, kind of more easygoing and, and, and you know, uh, about things that it was, I kind of lost myself to kind of being a little bit more quiet and reserved for a few years there. And I, I kind of felt myself coming out a little bit more. And I think it is kind of strange that it kind of coinciding with that. I've kind of finally, and it, it's, it's kind of sad in a way, but in the way it's kind of, I feel like there's a, a, a something that's changed in me for that. I've kind of gotten a little, little, you know, tired of playing this old games. <laughs> It feels terrible to say. It's like I can't. What? I can't, what? So I, I finally got to that point. It took like two years, but it finally was just like you know what? I think I finally kind of had enough of them a little bit. And, I, and I, I, I've still I've gone back and been playing Bloodborne. Of course, I played Dark Souls three, but it's not the not that obsessive need to play it like it was before. Uh, and I kind of think it does kind of coincide a little bit with kind of coming out of that that fugue state a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so that I think there is something there to that, possibly, yeah. Because at, at a certain point, like, nobody plays... I mean, I'm not going to say nobody, but, like, the common way that you play games, even if you're obsessive about <laughs> Souls games, like, playing them for eight hours a day on yes. being your only habit is is, is Probably not unusual. Healthy, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's. I mean, it's not the norm. I don't want to say normal. Like, I hate using that term in that, yeah. or unusual. I hate to use... I don't know quite what the word I'm looking for, but, like, it's not... It's... it's it's an oh man, see, I'm I'm going all into bad territory. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. But I think I think I know what you're you're kind of saying. It's, it's not the uh, it's yeah yeah. Most of the times you would play these games like four or five times, mm. and you know you'd get all of the value that you can out of them, and then make some PvP builds, and maybe do stuff like that. Like there's there's only so much variety in the game. So. Yeah. So it's like a combination of the games for whatever reason reason kind of speaking to me just for the the funness of them, but also it kind of became something to be excited about. Uh, mm-hmm. When I was kind of feeling those the depressive thoughts, it was it was something. So you know, with with the, I was playing through Dark Souls all the time, and, and and Bloodborne became a thing that to you know become really excited about. So you know, I got so the first Souls game that I played kind of was was there for the launch of. So I with that one, I spoiled myself terribly with it. I, I couldn't help you know I couldn't help but read every <laughs> single detail about it, watch every single trailer. You know, well, they did such a good job with the marketing, yeah. though. Like, like it, you could spoil yourself on. Like, they had like monster That's trailers true, yeah. and everything, but they were like three and a half second yeah, clips exactly. of bosses, so I, like that looked weird. I but, luckily, like, it was so hard yeah. to spoil it on it. I luckily was able to avoid the big twist in it, but yeah, but but I, I that game, I was looking back, I was so insanely excited for it. I think it was probably not quite healthy for the same reasons. It was it was just life was kind of just feeling kind of. Everything was kind of a bummer at the moment, so it was something to be excited about, something to carry me over, you know, carry me through to kind of to be excited about. So at the time, you know, looking back now, it probably wasn't the healthiest thing to kind of put my energy into, uh, but it was definitely something to to that whole the whole world and the whole series was something to keep me kind of feeling excited about something to kind of get up to to do the next day. Hmm. Did you buy a PS4 specifically for uh, No, I think I... What did I get a PS4? Actually, you know what? I think I probably did. I bought it... <laughs> I 
I bought it the year before. The lies you tell yourself then exactly. the lies you can tell yourself I'm now. Remembering now, I think I bought it in the year before, and I downloaded the the, the PT demo. I think it was probably the first thing I got on it, uh, and I don't think I actually. I think you're right. I think I don't. I don't think I bought another game until Bloodborne came out. At the time, at the time, it was just like I gotta get a PS4. I'm, I'm a Sony guy. I gotta get a PS4. I've actually been a Sony guy. Give me your uh, like your impressions of Bloodborne. Like the the dramatic changes yeah. to the the mechanics of that combat kind of put some people off, and and for some people like they absolutely fell in love. I, with it. I, I it's my second probably I'm, my second favorite game in the series. I was about to say I'm guessing by your most recent Halloween outfit yes. that I saw on Twitter that you're a pretty big fan. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I've always been kind of into the you know the spooky stuff, kind of spooky monsters and things. So the the thing that what I think when I say like it's my second favorite, I think Dark Souls is my favorite. More from the play perspective, just it feels so much so fun to just play again another, another character. I think Bloodborne is my favorite, more from like the storyline, atmosphere, design part of it. It, it. That's that's so strong to me that that's the reason why I, it, it really enjoyed it. So it was it's definitely hard. It's a hard game for sure. Uh, I was a you know usual sword and board guy in the previous games. Uh, and so not having that shield to, to rely on was definitely a big change. And it took me a while to kind of get through the the initial first part of Yarnum, but it, it, it kind of clicked with me. I guess probably uh, Father Gascoigne boss fight is kind of when it clicked for me. Like, oh, I can do this. This is this mm-hmm. is cool. And you know, being able to you know the, the confidence to dodge out of the way and parry him was like, wow, this guy's so fast. But I, I was able to do that. That game's that game's designed so well to. I feel like to give you just enough. I, I might, I'm, a, I'm a Bloodborne defender when people have issues. I, I, there are a lot of issues with the game. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of little things I can I can agree with issues with it, but I felt like with, with my experience, it's so well tuned for for me to like how many blood vials you get compared to what enemies you're fighting, and kind of sort of you have just enough time to heal after they hit you. Kind of sort of it just felt really that was really exciting and and you know. Adrenaline pumping to me. Okay. Yeah. I just recently picked it back up again, and uh, man, like it, it, it. I know that like you know it fits like a glove is kind of an overused cliche, but like it was literally like pl- the controller, like everything just clicked. Like I just knew exactly what I was doing immediately, and I just felt like it was like coming home almost. Very much. It's, that game it just plays insanely well. Exactly. So I agree. It just feels. I, I, I sort up a new character, and I usually just pick the salt flavor, and it's just it just feels right. You know, just making my way to the game and. And it just feels so good. I agree. The only problem with Bloodborne is that when I talk about Bloodborne on this podcast, it makes me want to go play Bloodborne. That's true. As opposed to the like stack of uh, you know the, the the Babylon's Tower of unplayed video games. That <sighs> you don't need to do at some point. Any of those games? They're not as much fun. <laughs> you don't need any of those yeah. games. <laughs> Uh, you said you you really enjoyed the story. Yeah. Like I, I really like Bloodborne having that kind of closed loop. Like not mm. really. Like I've always I've been talking a lot about a Bloodborne sequel lately, yeah. and I but I don't necessarily need the word Yarnum to come up in it very yeah. often. Yeah, like I would want it. I would want the same mechanics and and like a just totally mm-hmm. different stories with minor connections. Back. I want. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if they're the way that you know the rumors recently of what they're doing, what FromSoft is working on. I don't know if there's any space for Bloodborne sequel. And I I think I kind of be from Bloodborne that the really there's a lot of cool creative stuff there that they could really play off of in a sequel that would... He has funded Charted. Like, give us two Bloodborns. That's true. 
That's all I'm saying. Exactly. It's only fair. It's only fair. So, yeah, I think some kind of interesting, weird game that takes place kind of in the same time, but maybe in a, like a completely different side of the world or something. Hey folks, quick note, uh, Zencaster just made this audio garbage right here, uh, so I had to cut a bunch out, not a bunch, but about a minute. It was just me, again, for like the 15th time, talking about my uh, Western Bloodborne 2 idea, and Tim being in complete agreement that that's a great idea. So, sorry about the, the brief interruption, get back to the normal episode, and it shouldn't have any more issues. Thanks for your patience. Uh, what's it called? The glitch, the memory leak glitch? I think I'm one of those people that had that, where she just did the same dumb move over and over again. Oh, yeah, the AI glitch. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah the AI glitch, yeah. So I think I had, with her, it was like, I don't understand, I don't, I don't know the, I don't get the, what everybody else is talking about for me, it was just super easy. And then I realized later on, oh, it was a glitch. <laughs> uh, for me, it was probably, uh, I had a relatively easy time with ROM, mm-hmm. uh, that was another one where I was like, it just for whatever, you know, they always say that the Souls games find, you know, your your weakness. With her, for whatever reason, it, it didn't have that hard. It took it really slow. But I think it was, uh, it was Yar Hargul, just it in general. That kicked my butt for a long time because that, that, that making that run with the kind of slightly stronger versions of the of the regular enemies and just trying to get to the end, that was a, that gave me a really hard time for some reason. Your hard goals was really tough. For me. I mean, like it took me a good five or ten shots of that of like trying to methodically yeah. kill my way through it before realizing, oh, like they just specifically right. want me to run from like yeah. either run directly through it or run from um you know bell ringer to bell ringer, and exactly even if you do that, like they hide two or three bell ringers in some pretty obnoxious places, so <laughs> you're not going to yeah. get very far. So that's still a part of the game. I think I dread more than anything is even even more probably than like the what's it called the what are they called. Winter Lanterns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even more than them, I, I kind of don't really like going through that part of the game because it just feels that area is just... And plus, it's really s- spooky and creepy. I don't know. Your goal just is particularly just kind of the sky and the way the enemies are and just very chaotic and, and scary to me. I feel like I can be like Neo, like blocking Agent Smith once he finally realizes the, na- the nature of the Matrix or whatever, <laughs> up until the point where... Uh, like. The, the giant spider creature is is above the steps and like lasering the steps and that's the part where it all falls apart yes. for me. I've got like a like it's 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 a fifty fifty shot of whether I'm gonna do the right thing and it's it's the same thing every time. I should know by now. I've done it like a ton of times. But it, that that one sec and then after that I'm fine. Like I can I can I can yeah. snake past the all of the people on that side and I and the three, you know, NPC fights, like all of that stuff is mm-hmm. no big deal. But yeah, just that one little stairwell fucks me up quite quite well. <laughs> Yeah, the, the hunters too, like the hunter enemy NPC enemies usually gave me a hard time. It was kind of one of those games that I think I had a harder time a lot of the, a lot of the time with the regular enemy, harder time with the regular enemies than I did with the bosses mm-hmm. in Bloodborne. I, I think I was I was so kind of in my mindset, like planning in my head as I was making a boss run, like okay, I'm gonna try it this this time, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this, kind of going over it in my head. And I wasn't really paying attention, and I get killed by an enemy. So that was kind of usually what <laughs> what happened with me a lot of the time. All right, I have to ask because sure. um, I'm a noted Chalice Dungeon fan. Are you are you pro or con? I'm 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 in the middle. Okay. Uh, I haven't I never actually finished all of them. I haven't finished all the stories, the story chalices. I so I, I like the idea of them, 
but I kind of, I kind of ended up getting a little, uh, kind of hit a wall eventually because it's like they really are kind of doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the world. So it's like this, this is fun. This is cool. It's, it's just more game. This is great. It's more game. I can just play more of Bloodborne. And then I was like, but it's the exact same hallway and it's slightly different. You know, design, and it's like, okay, I'll just go back to play the regular game. So I, I never, I, I kind of like the idea of them, but I never actually finished them. Yeah, that's where we ended up with those. They did, they did themselves no favors by like, you know, not spending. Ideally, like I would have expected the root chalices, which were like the the random ones yeah. you could create, to have like some dead ends and to have some like not great loot drops. But it it really feels like for the story chalices that they just generated a random one and then hit like play yeah. and saved it. It's another reason we needed a Bloodborne two to kind of re to redo you know, the chalices because yeah they're never exactly. going to do that in Dark Souls. Despite I mean like yeah. Dark Souls three I think has a better loot system. That uh, would be, yeah, that's true. Work more for chalice dungeons, but. Kind of redeem themselves though with uh, Bloodborne Two. So there's so many reasons to do Bloodborne Two, but uh, not, my thing, my hopes aren't up that high for that. So. No, my, mine either, because I just I can't I can't stand to have them up there. I can barely even think about that like Western Bloodborne Two more than like yes. once a day because that just gets my it gets my heart too big, and exactly. I'm like I'm just going to break, I'm going to break. <laughs> so yeah, Bloodborne. You know, I spent a lot of time on Bloodborne. Uh, I don't think I it's not as replayable, so I probably didn't. Probably haven't played it as much as the other ones, but mm-hmm. I think I still think it's just that first playthrough and all the twists and the story and, and you know also the the old hunters DLC was just so awesomely well done. Oh my it's god, still dude, that, that old hunters DLC yeah. is something to, something to talk about, man. Gosh. Oh my god, you know it's just so good. So that that kind of still stands. Probably it's kind of you know second favorite slash tied for first favorite just because it's just so such a damn awesome looking and fun game to play. When did, um, so you probably wrapped up the old hunters and then around that time, um, or not long after that dark souls three was announced. Like, were you excited? Were you on the hype train? Were you watching trailers just like you were for that one? Uh, I've always been a a bad spoiler for things. I've always Mm -hmm. spoiled myself for things. I, 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 Going to movies half the time, knowing what's going on, and I just—it's one of those things I can't help it. God dang it, I want to stop. I want to stop it, but I, can't, I always spoil crap for myself. But I kind of once again made a challenge, like I'm not going to spoil myself this. One. I'm going to I'm going to challenge myself. And I told my wife, don't 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 let me spoil like <laughs> like like you know, she's not like she's watching me all the time or anything, but like I'm I'm telling her so that way she holds me to it. Like don't don't spoil herself. You like she's going to come in on the and come in on the, in the living room and like you're watching a YouTube channel, <gasps> fucking porn oh, or something. Exactly. I'll close the window real quick, slamming the laptop down and like no, I wasn't doing anything. Why? <laughs> That's what it felt like. I was like, oh, but I, I I kept to it, and there'd be times where I'd be sitting there and I'm like, it, it wouldn't be that hard to just type in, you know, Dark Souls three trailers and just, you know, pull it up and watch it. But I I did the, you know, I unfollowed a bunch of people on YouTube. I kind of stayed off Twitter a little bit when things started getting crazy. Like I'm I'm just going to, you know, sequester myself and and, and not spoil myself for it. So I I did kind of, I was super hyped for it, but I did as hard, good, you know, as hard a job as I could to not spoil myself for that one. Uh, And, you know, I I think probably looking back, it kind of paid off a little bit. It probably isn't that big of a deal to not spoil myself on things. I don't think it really changed my enjoyment of the game that much. Uh, it was definitely cool to see you know some of the stuff like you know Firelink Shrine kind of thing and be like, wow, that's cool. And kind of <laughs> so know, you you managed to even miss like all of the Firelink Shrines. Yes. Wow. Okay. I, I managed to miss all that. I, I I was really I kind of most of my time was spent on you know watching 
videos or, or reading on Twitter, game sites and stuff, but I kind of found other things to spend my time on, which was actually kind of nice. Like I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to read a book. I haven't done that in a long time. I'm going to actually read a book or kind of caught up on some, some TV shows I wanted to watch or stuff, stuff like that instead of playing, you know, reading about games or whatever. So, or just working instead of actually watching videos at work, actually doing work. That was a, that was a good use of my time. Um, <laughs> but again, so souls, souls comes out and work suffers. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. Uh, hope nobody from work listens to this. Um, no, uh, uh, so yeah, I was, I was super excited for it. And, you know, I, I, I played through it pretty quickly when it came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really like Dark Souls 3. I think it's a really great game. Uh, I don't, I don't have as many issues with it as a lot of other people do, I don't think. Uh, I, it's, it's kind of in subsequent playthroughs. I've played through it a few times since it's come out. It doesn't hold up as well for me. I don't, I don't, it doesn't have the endlessly replayable feeling to me like some of the other games do. Uh, and I'm not really quite sure why. I don't know if it's part of it is due to just some of the aspects of the game not being, it's the more linear aspects of it and not mm-hmm. feeling like you can really take as many paths. And some of it may be just some of the other things that I was kind of talking about before where I'm kind of changing a little bit and kind of coming a little bit out of some of the, the issues that I had and kind of being like, you know, I think I finally kind of had my fill a little bit of playing these games constantly and reading about them constantly and, and that kind of thing. So I think it's a combination of that. So, so I think Dark Souls 3 is really great. I think it probably needed another... I, I think it could have used maybe another year in, in development and design to kind of kind of tweak some things and, and kind of change... I, I'm not a, you know, trying to be a back chair designer or anything, but <laughs> backseat designer or anything, but kind of come up with some, some you know, flesh out some things and, and really fix some of the issues that some people had. But ultimately, I, I really enjoyed it. I haven't beat the DLC yet, but... I really enjoyed the the overall game. I think yeah, it's good. I think I think a lot of people are getting some some pretty serious souls fatigue. Like it's the yeah. it's it's the fifth game at this point, and it's hard to re- remember that like Demon Souls came out in two thousand nine. I know and, like, it's twenty sixteen. Like that's five Jeez. five games of this size in seven years is fucking that's ridiculous. A like consider like every game so far has had like significant DLC. <laughs> Like, yes. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, I, I don't know how those dudes are still alive over there. Those dudes and ladies are still no. over, alive over there. Like, it, it can't be, like, it, they have to be all just, like, work to the bone. Exactly. Uh, like, if you'd asked me a year ago, probably, I'd be, you know, if you'd say, hey, Tim, are you okay with a, a Souls game once a year? I'd be like, oh, yeah, I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly. me. I'll, I'll keep, I'll just, just feed it directly in into my into my mouth just pour it into me i'll just keep on playing constantly and and then it's like once i finally got one i'm like you know what i think i can see now why we may need a break to kind of make the make them special again kind of sort of because once a year is kind of it's kind of a lot you know Mm -hmm. i mean that's that's and and like i feel like at some point like if you're not doing like I don't feel like I didn't feel Souls fatigue in Bloodborne because it was significantly mm-hmm. different enough that I didn't like feel like I was playing Dark Souls two um, mm-hmm. or Dark Souls three for that matter what it would have been in the timeline. But like with the Dark Souls three, like there's so many references to flames and souls, and yeah. like I just kind of get word fatigue at a certain point of like okay, like okay now there's like three flames or something. Sure, we've got yeah. a cycle. Okay, okay, hollow. Okay, like I just you know you get kind of like all right, all right, I got it, I got it, I'm good. Yeah. 
Even though, like, I am one of those dudes that always refer to the Blood Echoes and Bloodborne as souls. Like, I'm just can't stop. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's easy. It's 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 a new it's a new vocabulary to to say that you know. Uh, I think Dark Souls three. Not like I I don't want to like say like meaning this necessarily is an insult to Dark Souls three, but not that you need to worry about hurting a game's feelings. But kind of. It's retroactively made me appreciate Dark Souls 2 in a lot of ways yeah, mm-hmm. that I didn't really quite before. Uh, I, I never really had issues with the story of Dark Souls 2. I thought it was really cool. And I think playing Dark Souls 3 and kind of having things kind of... Don't, they didn't really have any brand new concepts, really, I don't feel like, with Dark Souls 3. It was kind of just, once again, it was just another cycle. Here, here we go. We're going through the cycle again. And a, a couple of ideas here and there are kind of cool. But it, it, like you say, it's kind of just flames. You know, Relight the flame... Hollow, you're gonna go hollow. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> with Dark Souls two, there I think there were some really cool new ideas they kind of came up with that game, and I think it, it kind of handled things with more, uh, you know, there's more gravitas. I feel like to Dark Souls two and some more personal stories that that I didn't quite really appreciate as much until I kind of looked back to it and be like, you know what, that really was that game was really has some really cool ideas with the story and, and the, the, the environment and kind of not just being more a continuation of origin, but kind of being a new idea, kind of, sort of. Yeah, exactly. Where would you like to see him go from here? Like, I mean, obviously we've got one DLC pack left um, to come out, like, at the beginning of the year, which, by all accounts, is going to be a bigger one, although I think people are just yeah. making that up at this point. Um, <laughs> they're, they're hoping, they're hoping. It's or, or hoping, yeah, they're yeah, just, like, hope, yeah, they're willing their dreams into existence. But they're like, willing for... For every answer to, to possibly answered by, you know, I don't know. I I, I think I kind of want them to kind of go to, to to expand in some some of the aspects in Dark Souls Three that didn't. Some of the newer ideas, some of the new story elements that came up with Dark Souls Three, like the the royal family was a really cool concept. Uh, Londor, I think, was some cool space there. Kind of really or something brand brand new, something that's not related to the to the main game at all. I, I think there was some, my favorite parts of Dark Souls Three are the parts that didn't weren't callbacks that were kind of newer characters that kind of thing. I, w- I really hope they kind of expand on that more, uh, or just using um, like the existing callbacks in really clever yeah, ways. Like everything exactly. in, in Orlando, I think was just so incredibly well done. Yes, like, that's true. Getting that's having definitely... some like bizarre Lord of Hollows marriage ritual ceremony in the tomb of Gwyn was like a really <laughs> fucking cool thing, right? Like that was rad. Yes, that like, was awesome. That, that's that's a cool thing. But like I don't know, like some of the some of it like. And I've talked about this before, and I'm sorry, listeners. I know I'm repeating myself, but it's a podcast. It's what you it's what you pay me for, right? All the podcast dollars. Um, but I like you know Andre showing up at Firelink for basically what I, as far as I can tell, no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Like, and literally his entire role in that game could just be like it could just be somebody else. Like it could just exactly. be a totally different dude. So his entire role is just you remember me, you know? Hey, yeah, remember? Yeah. You remember? You remember? You know? So, so I think doing something else. With those ideas, for sure. Just some expanding on some some new ideas. I feel like, and, and just using things in a more clever way. I, I kind of hope they. I don't know. Did they have a release date for the uh, the second DLC? Did no, no. Much to Gary and okay. Cole's chagrin, they have not released. Yeah, that. That's true. Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> them poor dudes. Like they're trying to plan their show out into next year. And like, when is this DLC going to be out? Like, how long are we going to yes. have to play it? And all that kind of stuff. So I feel bad for those guys. Yeah. Um. Well, man, thank you very much for coming on and spending the time with me and, and sharing your story, oh, sure. especially is- some some relatively personal, not relatively, but some very personal information. <laughs> um, can you tell people where they can find you on the internet? Sure, yeah. Um, you can find me at uh, 
my embarrassing username, Frothy Ham, on Twitter. Uh, I'm usually there. I, I'm not on there as much these days, just because I'm kind of avoiding. I'm gonna I'm gonna date this a little bit, but I'm kind of avoiding Twitter just because election stuff stresses stresses me out, man. It just it's like ugh, yeah, I see more crap about this. So I'm kind of I'm not on there as much as I have been before, but that's kind of where you can find me mostly on Twitter, Frothy Ham. Well, thanks again for coming on. I really appreciate it. Um, you and I got to meet each other not long ago in Austin at one of the duck feed groups. Uh, I'm very glad that you got to come on the show and get to hang out. So. Definitely a blast. Thanks for, thanks for having me. It was, it was really fun. Cool. As always, I've been your host, Jeremy Greer. You can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. You can find this podcast on Twitter at DGUS Podcast. If you'd like to come on the show, like Frothy Ham here, and... Um, tell your soul story send me an email the email address is dguspodcast at gmail.com send me an email and we'll go back and forth and we'll get you time to come on and tell us all about your soul story but until then don't give up skeleton